Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. I just kicked the thing. I'm always telling you not to kick the table. <laughs> and uh, I just kicked it. Um, How could you see? Oh, so t- tonight, mm. this is actually a repeat. Um, no. no, 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 not a repeat, repeat. This is not. This is actually a new episode. It's a new episode. I just meant the drink. Oh, yeah. Um, Didn't we have the one the first time? I don't, I don't think it was our first podcast. But our first podcast was 603. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. But one of the early ones, we did a Hendrix. Here it is. Martini. Hendrix Martini. Um, bingo, bango. Now, don't let, don't, don't get it twisted. We're, we are definitely serious about what we're doing, but mm-hmm. we're also serious about, you know, being regular guys and like liking to have a couple of drinks every now and then. Yeah. You know that, right? Every every now our podcast. Every <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> doing too much other crap. On the other. It's like, it's like uh feel like having a drink. Let's have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve, you called me 14 times today, bro. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Where, what are we doing today, Steve? Today, we are finishing up on the mob. We've been on the mob for a while. Yeah. We're finishing up on the mob. Oop. And then we're going to jump into Lee Harvey Oswald. Really an introduction to him, telling his history. Was he really a bad guy? Or was he a really good guy? Or was he just a good bad guy? Or a bad good guy? Yeah. <laughs> How's your third martini? Oh, whatever. <gasps> it's only the first one. Mm. Of course, right. how do they know we're not lying? That's, I mean, one way or the other. We could be like just everybody else online. You trust me like you trust your brother, depending on who your brother is. <laughs> so you let me know when you're ready to jump in. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it sounds it. like we're about to start on Sam Giacana, yep. and Bill said he had some comments. Oh, I got, I got something to say about that boy. So, yeah. Um, Bukhan. Or. So, Salvatore Sam Giacana was a Sicilian-American mobster, mm-hmm. notable as the, bo- as the boss of the criminal Chicago outfit mm-hmm. from 1957 to 1966. Yeah, man. His nicknames were Mooney, Momo. I don't know why Momo. It's not a very tough nickname. Is it? <laughs> I, Momo. It's like, I'm, an, I'm Momo. Momo. I know what I say. <laughs> uh, and he was known as Sam the Cigar, which is cooler than Momo, I think. Yeah. From the early 1940s through the... Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yes. You forgot about Sam the Man. Was that one of his nicknames? Sam the Man Giancana. I didn't know that. I'll That's kind of the coolest thing ever. Why? That because was actually his nickname? Yeah. He sounds like a boxer. Yeah. Can does. you see it? And then Rick Connor, weighing in at approximately 185 pounds, say, the Man Giancana. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fight that guy. Uh-uh. uh-uh. But it, it always seemed to me when you see pictures of the mobsters, maybe it's because you know they're more famous when they're older. But yeah. they they all look kind of like they don't look like guys no. you would be that worried about having to fight. No, no, they all look like old and run down. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Well, probably all the prostitution. Sam had it going on. Yeah. So uh, from the early 1940s through the 1950s, Sam Giacana controlled most of the illegal gambling. Illegal, illegal liquor distribution, <laughs> and numerous other political rackets in Louisiana. 
And as we'll see as we move forward. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. In Louisiana? Yes. Yes. Oh, so. liquor distribution. Okay, and numerous other political rackets. Okay, because Marcello was the was the big mob guy in Louisiana. Yes. He was the he was the he was the main. Yeah, and I think for Sam Giacana, I think he kind of started more in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and then moved more into Chicago gotcha. later on. Gotcha. So okay. you see that sometimes, you know, where people they aren't always Mm-mm. some of the mobsters aren't always just kind of in one area. And actually, here's my note. Then after the. After his time in Louisiana, he became involved with the Chicago Crime Syndicate. Yep. So, it is widely reputed and was partially corroborated by the church committee hearings that during the Kennedy administration, the CIA had recruited Giacana and and other mobsters to help them assassinate Fidel Castro. Giacana himself said that the CIA and the Cosa Nostra were, quote, different sides of the same coin. Yep. And documents released just in 2017, so just two years ago, showed that Giacana was, uh, or they they demonstrated Giacana's Mm -hmm. connection to the CIA and to Robert Mayhew. Oh, yeah, Mayhew. Mayhew. Yep. You always know their pronunciations. It's probably because you watch videos about people and I I read stuff, so Mm -hmm. you actually Mm -hmm. know how to pronounce their names. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, the CIA documents confirmed that during the summer of 1960, the CIA recruited ex-FBI agent Mayhew mm-hmm. to meet with the West Coast representative of the Chicago mob, John Rose- Johnny Rosselli. Uh-huh. When Mayhew contacted Rose- Rosselli, Mayhew um, hid the fact that he was sent by the CIA and pretended to be an advocate for inter- for certain international corporations. Uh-huh. <clears throat> he offered $150,000 to have Castro killed, but Rosselli um, refused it. He didn't want to get involved. He thought maybe it was too dangerous. Uh-huh. But Rosselli introduced Mayhew to two men that he called, here's a new nickname, Sam Gold. Oh, wow. Another one. Sam the man was also Sam Gold. Oh, wow. And Joe. Sam Gold was Giancana, obviously. Mm-hmm. Joe was Santo Traficante Jr. Yep, Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you're right. Mm-hmm. The Miami guy. Um, and here's just some interesting information. According to the CIA documents, Giancana suggested using poison pills to yep. dose Castro's food yep. and drink. Mm-hmm. Um, the CIA gave these pills to Juan Orta, who was the person that Giancana suggested that they use. And uh, Giancana... Um, presented Juan Norta as a corrupt official in the new Cuban government, and he was somebody who had access to Castro. But after six failed attempts to poison Castro's food, Ortra demanded to be relieved of the mission. I wonder why. Yeah, but okay, so follow me. I'm not going to interject because this is really funny. Uh huh. You know, was it the mob being stupid? I mean, the mob knew how to kill people. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, 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 stop. Okay, they knew how to kill people. They knew how to do it. But it was harder to kill somebody like Castro. Well, than I agree. But still, the mob guy down the street. Uh, but maybe we might be getting into maybe a little bit of. Uh, did the CIA give them the means by which they could be easier? Uh, it would be easier to facilitate that. You mean did the CIA fully empower the mob? Yeah. You know. I mean. I mean. You know. Because because if the mobs mobs got a little bit better of a, a chance than we do, yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh-huh. But it's kind of like if you compare the mobs' ability, if if the CIA didn't think they could do it, mm-hmm. 
why would they do that? Maybe because they didn't want to be implicated or, you know, plausible mm-hmm. deniability or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at least give them the tools they need. I mean, the United States does that to all the other countries. They want to fight against their wars, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. why not do that? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that's something we need to look into. No, that's a good point. Why do they get so stupid? I mean, it's exploding cigars. I mean, it's like a freaking slapstick movie. It's like, <laughs> you know, Mo, Larry, and Curly, right? I mean, who does that? Yeah, yeah. But don't forget, Giancana had a girlfriend. Uh-huh. And that girlfriend also dated Kennedy. Yep, you're right. And that girlfriend was sent over to try to kill Castro, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh. have to fill it. I think I have something about the girlfriend here. We'll okay. get to that. Right. Okay, which go. we're almost to. Then you got to. Go. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you got to jump in on that because I don't. I don't know all about that. I'm ready. Uh, so uh, this Orta um, asked to be re- relieved from the mission after he had failed six different times, probably because he was worried about getting caught and you know um, killed. And uh, then after that, wait, young... did this Orta guy get paid, bro? I'm not sure. Didn't you know? Did you get paid for for not succeeding? I don't know. In the mafia, right? You don't do the job. You don't get paid. You might get paid. and you get killed too. You might get paid with a bullet, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sleep with the fishes. Yeah. Uh, so after Orta had failed, Giancana and Traficante made a second attempt u- using Anthony Verona, Ooh. the commander of the Cuban exile junta, oh. who had, according to Traficante, become quote disaffected with the apparent ineffectual progress of the junta. Verona requested $10,000 in expenses and $1,000 worth of communications equipment. And uh, mind you, which in 19 what 60 whatever, 60 60. That's a that's a lot of money. 11,000 bucks. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right. Now here 11,000. I mean, it's yeah. still a lot of money, but we're just like, ah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then true. it was it was more money. Um so he, he wasn't successful either. We're not even actually sure how far he, he got off the ground with that um, because the whole program was then canceled shortly after the Bay of Pigs invasion, which right, we've already so discussed. Maybe I'm just an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't just have any Tom, Dick, or Harry get this close to him, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so the CIA had to give him something. I mean, they had to give him something. I mean, it's like... Yeah, but somebody who's not any Tom, Dick, or Harry yeah, but if, even if you're might, a not want to, might not want to put themselves in such a, a dangerous situation. Well, I, so I don't know that they always I'd have like their to, best person, the, the one that they're having to carry out the job. I'd like to find out I'd like to find out if they just sent people out there, like the CIA or whoever it was, faction of, sent them out because they figured, oh, well, he might not do it, but if he gets caught, well, it's not us. Screw it. Well, I was thinking, like, as an analogy, and this isn't as, as dangerous an analogy, but... Let's say you've been working for three hours to try to solve a password, crossword puzzle, right? And you do it, and you try and try, and you can't figure it out, and you just throw it down. And somebody else is, shows up, and they're like, oh, I'll try to figure that out for you. And let's say this person isn't necessarily all that clever. But you're like, you know what? What's, what's the harm in it? You, you know, and then you might be like, yeah, sure, go ahead, try. You, know? you, don't, you don't think they're going to succeed, or maybe you think that it's not a great chance. But, but there's no harm in letting them give it a shot, right? Yeah. And they tried to do this before the Bay of Pigs. See, that's the thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is all before. Mm-hmm. Like the CIA went, okay, enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's all in 19, um, 1960. Right? And that, I think it was 1960 prior to when Kennedy became president. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that Which, was... might we add, 
The Chicago mob had a real big part in why he won. That's you're right. That was the state where they were most involved, right? That's why the Giancana family, after all this happened, wrote a book called Double Cross. Mm -hmm. They say that's the reason he was killed. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Bobby said, you know, they said that Bobby would stay away. That's that's what Joe said. Mm -hmm. Joe Kennedy, anyway. Well, that's what happens. So they did have a stroke right after he became. I know we covered this already. Or was it later? Like, kind of late in his presidency? Well, I mean, I'm sure he could have done something about it. Uh Yeah. You know, he didn't want to see his. But maybe he knew. I mean, what, what kind of guy, like, says, hey, help my, my son, and and, and, and and he'll be nice to you, uh-huh. <laughs> and then lets his son do whatever he wants. If I was the father, if I were Joe, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Jack, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you, an idiot? You tell, Bobby, come here. And I, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I, you're killing me. I would have thought he would have he handled it a little bit better. If he didn't have a stroke, if he knew the heat was coming, yeah, and Connor probably would have talked to him and said, you know, look, Joe, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, look what we did. Mm-hmm. You realize if he doesn't stop, we're going to have to whack him, right? I mean, another thing is that, I and, mean, and I hadn't thought about this till right now, but just remembering, you know, everything I've read about the way the Kennedys operated was the father was very much, you know, operating on his son's behalf. Yeah. But he was, op- but he, I think he did a lot of stuff and kind of moved a lot of, or pulled a lot of levers without Jack even really knowing about it. So is it possible that Jack didn't know the extent to which his father had intervened? Yeah, but come on, bro. Look. And I think his father was kind of starting to lose it a little bit in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And so he might have been somebody who was heading down the path of being senile, but who still wielded tons of power. So he might not have been cognitively, had the, the ability mentally to think, oh, I did this, now I need to warn him, warn him about this. Okay, all right, it's a, it's a good point, but I mean, but still, uh, you're right, and then when, he, when he, he may or may not have been cognitive enough to understand what was going on mm-hmm. once the shit was starting to hit the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, well, fair. fair I mean, fair. I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. Why you're here, bro? Um, Why you're here? It'd be interesting to see an interview with his father, like, from that time period, to see, see kind of what he was like, at, you know. Mm. You know, did he have all his faculties about him? I mean, you know, I, before the stroke, I have no idea. I'd like to find out when he left um, the UK. He had that position mm-hmm. as the British, um, whatever chancellor, the ambassador, the ambassador to America from America to, to the British. People. It was well before that. What? Okay. He was not ambassador when. Um, okay. Like I think it was early. I think it was like late forties, early fifties. He was getting his. Uh, he was getting his. Uh, Doing his work before he made the decision to be yeah. the guy who tells everybody what to do. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I really think it was. It might have been in the 50s. I don't remember, but it might have been Eisenhower that had appointed him. Mm. Or it might have been before that. I don't remember. You know, it gets muddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With all the stuff we're doing. It's like but it was idea. definitely before Kennedy was president. I'm mm-hmm. sure about that. Um, so, uh, a name, curious as to whether you've ever heard this name, Judith Campbell. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're up to now. So I'll just throw this out here and then maybe I'll let you talk for a little bit. Mm-hmm. January 22nd, 1961. Beginning today, calls commenced between Judith Campbell and the White House. Mm-hmm. 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 70 calls will be logged during the next two months. In more than one place. Campbell, at this same time, is also seeing... And by the way, in case people haven't figured that figure this out. That means that, you know, 
what we're implying is that this Judith Campbell was having a tryst with our president, JFK. And, and for all you guys out there with a limited vocabulary, <laughs> <laughs> not saying there's any, but he was getting it on. Yes, he was having a tryst. He was getting it on. He was trysting it on. He was trysting. <laughs> he was trysting, trysting it on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, this Judith Campbell was also seeing a certain Chicago mafioso named <laughs> Sam Giacana. Imagine that. Mm, 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 mm. She was. Yep. Yeah. So what were you saying? You were talking about Judy Campbell. Yeah, Judith Campbell was this lady, and she was actually hired by the powers that be because it, to, I, I'm not really sure, but it's true. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't, and I'd tell you if I was going to be using conjecture, but. She was hired to go and become Fidel Castro's little. Oh, really? Trusty. As well. Good. Oh, wow. So she she had a lot of faith in her mm-hmm. kind of ability to. So she was tasked to go into uh, you know Cuba mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, big boy, what you got going on?" So she started hanging out with him. She was in his bedroom one day, and he actually and this is this is quoted now, mm-hmm. documented. You're trying to kill me, right? <laughs> he says to her. <laughs> and she went. <laughs> and basically admitted it. He let her go. Uh-huh. That was nice of him. Mm-hmm. Let her go. Yep. Try to prove me wrong. I'm telling you. It, it was the weirdest thing ever. Because she was seeing. Well, why do you think he let her go? Because he knew she couldn't do anything to him. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe. So why kill somebody if you don't have to? Put it his way. If it was you and you were Castro, would you say, I think I'd like it better if I could just send you back alive saying, come on, you can do better than that, can't you? Oh, well, that's a good point. It was kind of like thumbing your, like, you know, remember that? Yeah, yeah, still losing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what she did. Mm-hmm. That's what she did. But then she went back and, and uh, well, you know, the rest is history. I don't know what happened to her, but tell us, Steve, what did happen to her? Well, in 1988... And by this point, I guess she was going by the name of Exner. Did she get married? Oh, yeah. Judith Exner. Judith Mm -hmm. Exner. Uh, By that point, uh, she she had been given a a short time to live by her doctors. And uh, and she said she wanted to set the record straight. She claimed that she had been acting as courier, carrying messages between Kennedy and Samjia Khanna while she was betting the two of them. Ooh. Which is interesting. For what purpose? Well, I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, think about it. Well, yeah, maybe you have it. Because, you know, it's funny. Because in the work that we do, we see a lot of um, deathbed-type confessions, right? Mm-hmm. No. And, and you have to say to yourself, well, here's the thing. I mean, it's so logical from both, both sides because you're dying. <clears throat> you, you know what you did was wrong. You want to make it right with God. Mm-hmm. Whatever your God is, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to come clean. That is very compelling. Mm-hmm. A very compelling reason to say, well, why would they lie? Yeah, yeah. Why, like, why, why lie if you're about to die anyway? My point. But unless you're trying to do something for your kids, but I don't see how this helps your kids or anything. Or your country, yeah. dude. I have seen interviews where, you know, a guy had a guy, uh, a researcher had asked a question off the record, off the uh-huh. camera. Mm-hmm. Asked the guy on camera, and the guy on camera said, I made an oath to not say anything about that, and I'm not going to say anything about that now. 
And then the guy saying back to him said, uh-huh. well, you told me off camera. He goes, you can't prove that. <laughs> just like that. That was just off like, camera. Just like That's that. That's why I told it to you off camera. You see my point? Yeah. So some people are still, some people are going to not even care, not have a conscience to the end uh-huh. and not care. Right. And it's like, you know, so you never really know why she would have said something like that. Mm-hmm. But my question is, why would he? Why would he? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he wanted him dead. I get that he wanted him dead. It's been proven that JFK was in on it. Uh-huh. He knew it. Yeah. So I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she said that she uh, she had been asked about some of this stuff during the um, Senate Intelligence Committee, like mm-hmm. the, the um, not the not the church committee. Not the church committee, but the House Committee on the... Um, House Select Committee on Assassinations. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had said that she hadn't told about it at that time because she had feared for her life. Yeah. Which is believable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so Kennedy continued to see this lady, Judith Campbell, until a meeting with J. Edgar Hoover on March... <laughs> Good old Edgar! On March 22nd, 1962. We know the exact day of this meeting. Mm. Um, And now it's accepted as fact now by pretty much everybody that on that date, Hoover told Kennedy about um, Judith Campbell's ties with organized crime. Although it sounds like he might have already known about that. Um, And he also let Kennedy know that he knew about... (laughs) That's the big one. Kennedy's trust. (laughs) Now you know, I know you know. It was really uh, a threat, right? Yeah. I mean, it was oh, a yeah. threat from Hoover. It was a veiled threat, sure. And, and really, I don't, I don't know necessarily that Hoover was telling Kennedy to stop the oh. tryst, but he was essentially saying, like, I, I have this to hold over you. Kennedy didn't want him to have that any longer to hold over him, yeah. and so Kennedy broke it off understand, with one last call to her. But understand this, right? Mm-hmm. Sam Giancana was part of the mob, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The mob... Were the ones that were like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out here, try to, you know, help you get rid of, of Castro, whatever. Eh. But Kennedy was like, well, okay, I know you know. Mm-hmm. And Giancana was like, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, but here's the thing I can use this against you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you may say, okay, you knew about it, or I already know, okay, it's a big deal. You don't know, but the difference is mm-hmm. he could use that. Mm-hmm. Against Kennedy, yeah. and he knew he could. That's why he told him. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that he decided to tell him that rather than just keeping it in his oh. pocket. But he probably had some stuff that just was in his pocket as well. Also, understand if you don't know this already that uh, Hoover publicly mm-hmm. said there's no such thing as the pop. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, Hoover had all these connections. He knew the mob as well as anybody. Um, but he he never acknowledged it until he had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is an interesting tidbit, um, not necessarily super important, just just interesting. Um, many people believe that Kennedy broke off his friendship with Sinatra. Like we know that he did break. He off. did. Yeah. He mm-hmm. broke break off his friendship with Sinatra, but uh, many people think that he broke up. He broke off that friendship because he thought the singer had set him up with Judith, Judith Campbell in order to mm-hmm. kind of allow the mob to kind of keep tabs on him, etc. Yeah, it sounds... And allow Hoover to kind of... That's plausible. Um, so who knows? I mean, that's it'd be interesting to know a little bit more about Sinatra's... I mean, we know of it about his mob well, connections. Yeah. But just did he have connections with other higher, you know... I will tell you influences. this. 
<coughs> Sam Giancana. A couple of, of other head mobsters were the ones that made Frank Sinatra mm -hmm. and, interestingly enough, Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. The mob helped her. Oh, yeah. No, the mob basically made her. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Makes sense. I just didn't know it. Look up a book or an audio book called Dead Wrong and you'll learn. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> They went to the uh, producer of, I forget who it was, one of the big uh, motion picture places in, in the, you know, mm -hmm. and said, you know, hey, we want, you know, this guy Frank to, to, to be in his movie. Well, this is essentially the thing oh. from The Godfather, right? Oh, yeah. That was taken yeah. from. The guy's name was Cohen. Okay. Uh -huh. And Cohen said, ah, you know what? Mm -mm. Mm. Can't do it. Mm. No, no. He goes, look, if you want me to have to make calls, I'll make calls and we won't have to do this, right? And then, the, and then the dude said, the, the mobster said, well, he already knew it because everybody else mm -hmm. was in on it. Mm -hmm. They sound to it. So, you know, it was one of them things. It mm -hmm. wasn't a horse head, but whatever it was. In the movie it was, but yeah, in real life. In real life it was not. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. They persuaded him mm -hmm. to take him in. And believe it or not, it's funny because the mob knew. Why? Mm -hmm. Because... The very first movie he was in, he got the Academy Award for. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From Here to Eternity? I think it was. Yeah. That was the very first movie he was in. The only me reason he was in the movie. He actually, it may not have been that movie. It wasn't, it was, that it wasn't, wasn't his was, first yeah, movie. Uh -uh. He, I think he got... Because um, he was in more movies than you think. Oh, yeah. He was in ton of movies. Um, but I didn't know that he got an Oscar for yep, his first. Academy Award. Academy Award. Okay, mm -hmm. wow. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I actually think he's a, a pretty good actor. Yeah, great singer. My, my personal opinion. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about his acting was, is he didn't never wanted to do two takes. He always wanted to do one. Mm, take. I didn't know that. I did not know that. So he would prepare and prepare and prepare, mm. and then he would come and he would do a take, and then he didn't want to have to do anything after that. I like that. I like that yeah. opinion. No, I think it's kind of cool. And so yes, so that's the deal, right? They brought him in, and said this. That's the kind of power those guys had, and that also initiated their grip mm -hmm. on Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, which talks about Marilyn Monroe, which we might be talking about her death too. So, as a mafia, did they have a lot of? They had a lot of power in Hollywood. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yep. I didn't know that. Oh. So, something else about this Judith Campbell or Judith Exner. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful because different places where you read about her, she's called different names, mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. Judith Campbell or yeah. Judith Exner. Uh, she claimed that there were contacts between between Kennedy and Sam Giacana during the 1960 campaign, that they actually were communicating during that time as well, and that, that, it, that it helped Kennedy win the election. Um, and we already mentioned before, with <clears throat> Kennedy's support of um, Robert Kennedy's, quote, war on crime, <laughs> it must have looked like a, a bit of a double cross to oh, the mob. Just... Um, let's see. Um... Another interesting um, note. Oh, Bobby Kennedy, by the way, decided that Gene Connor was a very big target of his, mm -hmm. right? Bobby Kennedy, just the, the attorney general back then. And what they did is they decided, if they could, they, since they couldn't get him on anything, right, they decided to just kind of basically kidnap him mm -hmm. and send, him, send his ass off to Guatemala. He said, peace out, bro. Mm -hmm. See you later. 
But this is the kind of power he had. Sure enough, he made it back. Now, if we're, I don't know if we're going to talk about Gene Connor's death, but when we do... We are going to. Oh, boy, am I ready for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, here's just a, a, another little tidbit, which is interesting, but <clears throat> according to some accounts, Sam Giacana claimed that he knew Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon personally, as well as um, the oil millionaire, George De... I'm never going to be able to say this name. De... De Mornschild. There, there are accounts. There are accounts of Sam Giacana um, talking about that. But again, it's just... It's, some people said that. What can you do? We're mentioning everything. This is super comprehensive. Let's talk about his death. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we do that... Um, let's talk about one last thing. Yes. Um, James Files, mm. the person who claimed himself yep. to be the grassy knoll assassin, the person who fired um, the, the fatal shot into JFK's head, um, <laughs> he did work at one point for Sam Giacana. And he also, he was like essentially a mob guy who worked for Sam Giacana. Who also was um, recruited by the CIA to um, help train the Cuban exiles for the um, Bay of Pigs, um, and he actually was recruited by David Atlee Phillips. And who has uh, more to do with this whole thing than I think any of us really know? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, David Atlee Phillips. Uh -huh. Yeah. So this James Files, just to be clear, he worked for Sam Giacana. He was recruited by David Atlee Phillips to train Cuban exiles for the Bay of Pigs. He claimed that um, one of his later supervisors in covert operations was a certain George H.W. Bush. And he also said he claims that Lyndon Johnson told his mistress, Madeline Brown, that, quote, it was the CIA and the oil boys. Yeah, but you know what? Cool. Yep. Oil boys can mean a bunch of people. Because yep. out there, bro, out there, Bush, uh, Hunt, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what's that other guy's name? The house where they all went to, to plan the whole thing. He was a big one, too. I can't remember their names. Yeah, I forget his name. But he I have my big, notes from the last episode. But he's there. a big one, too, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and so there were so many. Yeah. But the one who I think who had really had a lot to do with it, not just because they talk about it a lot and the research I've been looking into, mm -hmm. George H.W. Bush owned a company called Zapata Oil. Look, just trust me. Look into it a little bit. Okay? Yeah, look into Zapata Oil. There's too, many, there's too many coincidences here, okay? Okay, it was a front for the CIA and... Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he and he was there. We'll talk about that soon enough. Mm. Good old George. Mm -hmm. Yep. S Sam Giacana's demise. George, who <clears throat> might I add? Mm. When George H. W. Bush was asked, uh, "Do you remember where you were during uh, when Kennedy was shot?" Uh -huh. And he didn't know. He didn't remember. And then when he did say. He changed it twice. He changed it twice. But you know what? Other people know where he was. Where was he? Let me think. Oh, Dallas. Ah, maybe. Dealey Plaza. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I, have a, I, have a, I have a video that I have. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to post that. Let people, because I, you know. It's, it looks it, just like him. I'm it telling do, you. It does. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, 
I didn't think it was conclusive, but man, it looked a lot like him. I gotta tell you. So yeah. you know, maybe other people can can maybe there's like a one of you folks out there is is somebody who does like you know has knows more about technology than we do, and you can do facial recognition or something like that. But it, you know what? Yes, you could. But guess what? You could do the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. Just like the guy who said, who was hired mm-hmm. by an independent researcher because there was one fingerprint in a textbook depository, depository, depository <laughs> right? That they didn't know. Uh-huh. For years, decades, it was sitting in the National Archives. There it was. Until some guy. Whose said, fingerprint was it? Let me tell you. So, what does this guy do? This guy says, "Well, wait, 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 wait. I got to back up. This is yeah. too fascinating." Yeah. So, you're saying there was a fingerprint? Yes. In the national, the, the the depository. Yes. See, here's the thing. That was just sitting there for decades. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Everybody knew about it. But here's the thing. They knew about it. Every single person, and every employee, even ones that weren't there, uh-huh. were fingerprinted. There was nobody that went in or out that did not get fingerprinted that day. Okay. Nobody matched that fingerprint. Uh-huh. They found one. Uh-huh. Well, this guy turned around and said, well, gee, let me see if I can find it. Decided he actually got this fingerprint. How did he manage to get it? Don't know. Okay. But it's out there. Mm-hmm. He got a hold of an independent. Now, now, just check this out. Use your what-if mentality, right? Mm-hmm. He took the fingerprints, these latent fingerprints, from the Dallas Police Department. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because, well, he... I meant to say it. The person whose fingerprint it was was already convicted of a murder and connected to who? No idea. You had to answer this one. Lyndon oh, Baines okay. Johnson. Not surprised. I'm never surprised when that name comes up. Now, but, of course, you know, he was convicted, but then, you know, you know. Lyndon Baines Johnson paid for the lawyer, and uh-huh. he had time served and five years probation for murder. <laughs> Whatever. Uh-huh. Let's. I digress. So the guy gets an independent, latent fingerprint guy who's been doing it mm-hmm. for decades. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He says, "Now this is the kicker. Use your what if. I've got these prints, but I don't want you to be tainted. All I want you to tell me is if they match." Mm-hmm. So he took the print from the book depository. Mm-hmm. He took the prints that he knew were this person's prints. And he said, here you go. The guy said, without a shadow of the doubt, they are the same person. He had a 13 point, some people say more, but it was actually a 13 point mm-hmm. proof, which in any case, in any trial, would have been a slam dunk win. Uh-huh. He said, yes, they're the same who is this person again? It was just some... Do you remember? Malcolm Wallace. Malcolm Whoop. Wallace, okay. And, remember folks, you may not know this, but you will, there were more than one rifle found at the Texas Book Depository. One was a Manlicker Carcano Italian rifle, right? Mm-hmm. 7.65. Yeah. The other was a Mauser. Now, they say the Mauser, well, where did it come from? Well, you got a bunch of witnesses that say, I saw the word and Mauser on the rifle. Mm-hmm. Right? So what do you do? Well, gee, I mean, so he says, okay, this is the one. This is Matt. so. What do they do? They get a hold of the Dallas Police Department mm-hmm. because in in a in a in a open murder case, it's still open. 
Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So they said, okay, we figured you'd be you'd be down with it. They said, yeah, well, no, no, that's okay. The FBI has everything to do with this now. Uh-huh. So they sent it out to the FBI. Woo-hoo, everybody's all happy. It took them months. Uh-huh. I mean, many months. Don't know the exact amount. It took them a good long time, and the FBI said, oh, yeah, it's not the right one. Even though mm-hmm. this guy who had all this experience and was never told who the person was uh-huh. or the levity of the situation said they're the same. After they brought it back and said it wasn't, the guy's like, it was the same print. If it was my dying day, uh-huh. my death declaration would be, it's the same print. And do we have co- do people have copies of both prints? Yeah, well, there's a, of course, when anything happens, like we talked about before, you can go ahead and do what you want, uh-huh. but there's always going to be trolls out there. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think happened to this guy who, out of the goodness of his heart, mm-hmm. decides to do something that doesn't even know what it's for? Mm-hmm. And then says this. People were discrediting him after. Uh-huh. Saying that he didn't really know what he was doing. <laughs> he didn't know what he was doing. Here's his his past. Mm-hmm. His sordid past. Mm-hmm. Where his sordid past has absolutely nothing with it to do with his ability. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know how many people are out there think spiritually when they talk to somebody, when you look at somebody's face, either they're the, one, the best actor in the world, mm-hmm. or you can see it in their face that they're not lying. I don't know. I get a feeling from this person uh-huh. that he wasn't lying. I mean, just the way he talked, the way he said it. And remember, even though witnesses can think something happened when it really didn't, mm-hmm. there have been many, and I have researched them. Yeah. Okay, I honestly believe that if you want to find out the truth to anything, mm-hmm. you ask the people that were there when it happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then they, they don't have any uh, agenda on their minds, right? Mm-hmm. All of these people that were there, <laughs> yeah, that said this, 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 this. If it was one person or two people or three people, mm-hmm. but there were so many people that said I saw spoke. Of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but when you it's turn, hard not to sometimes. right? But when you turn around and you say, you know, hey, this kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does, and people can make mistakes, but. Mm-hmm. Are you going to try to believe somebody who's right there? Mm-hmm. Or somebody who 20 years down the line says, oh, or, or the people that changed their stories from the beginning to the end. And you don't know, you know, some people who have who put themselves into the story later on, and you're not exactly sure why or from where. And are you going to believe it then? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and if you waited that long, that's your freaking problem, right? Yeah. And if you're right, too bad. Uh-huh. You deserve to be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. But the people that said it first, uh-huh. to me, Regardless of the percentage, it's got to be a smaller percentage, and maybe some people might think it's a larger percentage. But boy, I mean, when we get to it and talk about it, you're gonna go, yeah. How could somebody be standing there watching something happen? Yeah. And be able to scrutinize it? It's not like watching an accident, mm-hmm. right? That happens like that, right? You're right. It took a little bit of time. Yeah. A lot the whole of things. Process. A lot of things happen, mm-hmm. and then it's also what happened afterwards. What they could smell. You know, smoke yep. that and lingers. It's, and it's not just the Kennedy assassination. It's yeah. the J.D. Tippett thing. Yeah. Which took a lot longer yeah. because there were a lot of things happened after that had a lot to do yeah. with a lot of stuff when we get into Oswald and all those other fun stuff. When even the killing there, you know, took a while. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. like it was uh, done. Nope. You know, not at all. Not at all. I, I, sorry, I had to get into that. I, I just... No, that's good. Because it bothers me, you know? <laughs> I mean, when, when, when like this lady said, okay, here's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, well, she said it. 
late. There's one side of the story where you're saying, oh, she's going to die. Oh, I understand. She's probably telling the truth. Yeah. But if you really wanted to do it, if you really wanted to do it, if you're out there and you know something and you really want to do it. It's gotta, you got to bite the bullet and just do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't be a fucking prick, right? right. Get out there, mm-hmm. right, and, and, and do it. Look, I care about my family. I'm not saying I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, if I knew something that I needed to know, I'm saying it right now. Yeah. I don't care. If, so if, we're if, saying everything we know. Yeah. If somebody in my family decides that uh, if, if they want to be threatened by somebody who, and we're nobodies, but if something ever happened where we did find somebody who had something, mm-hmm. and if something ever happened, I'd say, go ahead. If they're going to die, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Right? Because the most important thing for real patriots, right? Mm-hmm. For people who really care about their country, no matter what, and are really spiritually prepared, mm-hmm. right? And emotionally, you know, there. Mm-hmm. Because we, I personally think there's a lot more than what we have right here. And if that's the case, this is one life, man. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're, and I'm not looking to be a freaking hero. All I'm saying is, right? You're just doing what you need to do. There's some people that just won't do it, right? And if this lady, this Judith Baker Exter, whatever her name is, right, decided late in her life, look at all the problems you made by not saying it first. But I think most... I mean, god damn, bro. I but mean, I think most people would not, would would value self-preservation over... Because they're not woke up. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, I think the reality is the vast majority of people will, will value self-preservation. Well, hopefully... After the few couple of years, three, five years, whatever, mm-hmm. when we present everything we've got to present, you'll think different. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot more things more important in this measly little life that you have mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. Well, see, I, I think everybody's <laughs> life is really important. Of course it is. It is. It's yeah. important, but it's not the most important. Yeah, I agree with that as well. You know, I mean, and, and trust me, I don't knock you, right? Mm-hmm. I can't. Because... You know, people might be programmed by, you know, the society that they live in, mm-hmm. right? I fortunately am not. Mm-hmm. You know, so I hope that, you know, if you know something, dude, honestly, give it to me. <laughs> it's what I'm trying to say. Because I'm not scared, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Bring it on. And and that's the difference between us and a lot of other people out there. See, we're not, like I said, we don't ask mm-hmm. for money. We, you can do what you want mm-hmm. on Patreon, you know, but... If you don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're shit. We're buying our own popcorn that we eat. <laughs> Even we're, our Hendrix. We're, we're drinking our own drinks that we, you know, not, and we're not rich. Trust me when I Although, if you want to, I said this before, if you want to send us Hendrix, that's okay too. Oh, yeah, you can send us Hendrix. Yeah. But, but, but you, know that? you can't send it, though, through FedEx. You got to send it through UPS because FedEx doesn't take liquor. Oh, really? Yeah. Just wine. No wonder I haven't been getting any. Well, people still do it, but I mean. <laughs> What yeah, how would they know? <laughs> yeah. It's like if they're FedEx, they're like, this is... They got to open the bottle. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, sounds like Hendrix. <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't send that. <laughs> okay, so where were we before I went on my tirade? Sorry, folks, but anyway. We were at Sam Giacana's demise. Yes. Oh, good old Sammy. Sammy yeah. found his way back to the United States, yep. okay, from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in town for three months. Mm-hmm. He had a posh, beautiful, cozy little place in the Chicago suburbs. Mm-hmm. He had a beautiful kitchen in the basement. Mm-hmm. Bobby Kennedy said, well, we need to get some people on this guy. Mm-hmm. They had 24-hour surveillance on him. They put two cops on him. Mm-hmm. Well, one day... Well, this was 1975. This was way, so oh, it was way after Bobby Kennedy. It was all... Well, Bobby Kennedy did always have, you know... I mean, but, Bobby Kennedy was already dead by this Well, point. No, but I'm saying that Bobby Kennedy yeah. had... But I should have 
preface. No, it's okay, it's okay. Bobby Kennedy always had him covered. He was always 24-hour guard. Yeah, yeah. Even in 1975, when he came back, he still had dispatched mm-hmm. two police cars. Or two policemen or police cars. Here's what. Outside of his home. But what was happening in 1975 at that time? Oh! Well, House Select Committee on Assassinations, right? Yep. If I'm mistaken. Yep. And they were calling specific witnesses for that. And uh-huh. Giancana was one of them. Yeah, and actually some of the other ones, um, there's a picture. You can go online and you can see a picture of Sam Giacana sitting or standing next to Charles Nicoletti uh-huh. and Johnny Rosselli. Remember, yep. We were just talking about him a few minutes ago. Yep, Hollywood Johnny. All three of them yep. had been called to testify before the government committees, which were investigating the murders of JFK well, and Martin Luther King. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. So what? All they got to do is go in front of the House Select Committee of Assassinations and go, I plead the fifth. But could they? No. Why? Because immunity. You say immunity. If a prisoner is, is given immunity, then they cannot plead the fifth. That was the way that they got over on them. Yeah. So these all these hoods, all these mooks, no. All three of them. No, that they could not say, I plead the fifth. Because if they did, they go to prison anyway. So they might have said some stuff. They were granted immunity by the district attorney, uh, district, district attorney on purpose, because uh-huh. he knew they had to tell the truth or go to prison, and that's why. So, so what's the what's the um, common thread between all three of those people and the year 1975, when the, when they were supposed to um, appear before the church committee? Okay, let me rephrase it. What happened to all three of those oh. people in 1975 <laughs> right before they were supposed to test? Bang, bang, bang! Yes. And not only them. Trust me, we'll get there. But three wasn't the only number. Mm-hmm. Okay, to phrase a, paraphrase a song by using the wrong words, mm-hmm. two ain't the loneliest number. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? All right? Or one. One. One is the loneliest number that you ever... Two. You sing this song. I forget. But... It's a lot more than one. It's a lot more than two. It's Harry a lot more Nelson. than three. Who? Harry Nelson. Ian Nelson? Harry Nelson. Oh, Harry Nelson? I didn't know that. Well, he wrote it. Cool song. But I got to tell you something. There's three dead people. Mm-hmm. Three dead mobsters. All of whom had a lot to say. Mm-hmm. All of whom knew they had to have a lot to say. Yeah. And, you know, if, if even though they were pretty prominent figures... Mm-hmm. In 1975, maybe not so much. Maybe right, we're getting right. a little old. Whatever. Yeah. No, no, I think it's 100%. Yeah. Sam was not doing all that much yeah. at that point. I mean, remember we were talking about he was essentially the head of Chicago in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. But, when he but came not back, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. When he came back from, you know, Guatemala, he, he, was just kinda, he, he, he was tried kinda, to take it back, but they were like, well, come on, come on, man, right? Yeah, yeah. And then everybody finds out they got, they got immunity and they have to go in front of the House Select Committee. Oh, shit. So if, so, he was, if he was going to get killed just for kind of mob-related issues, it probably would have been in the 50s and 60s, not well, in the 70s. Well, you know... I mean, you never know, but... Maybe. Maybe. But but dig it. Maybe maybe he would have. But even if they did, even if they would have just for that, mm-hmm. imagine this on top of it. I yeah. think either or or both yeah. were the reason they were killed. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is it's not that they were killed. Mm-hmm. It's how they were killed. Let's talk about Sam G. Connor. 
He's cooking sausage and peppers. Why? Well, gee, I don't know. I like sausage and peppers. Do you like sausage and peppers? Well, how about his heart? But do you like sausage and peppers? Oh, yeah. I love sausage and peppers, but don't you have a friend, maybe a parent or a grandparent, who just can't deal with sausage and peppers, right? Something about it, right? <laughs> maybe maybe it gives them gas. They don't yeah, eat it a lot, right? And they know that they don't eat it. Like, uh, if you had a parent that doesn't like sausage and peppers and you invite him to your house, you're not going to cook them sausage and peppers, right? Sam unless G- you're real selfish. Right. And Sam Giancana had a heartbeat thing going on, and he was told by his doctor that he can't eat spicy foods no more. Mm-hmm. So he never... Or real greasy or, or real greasy foods. So, you know, chances are, good chances, that you're not going to cook sausage and fucking peppers at your house, Just right? Just for yourself. Just for yourself. Yeah. Scenario. Chicago police outside his house. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sam Giancana had a fortress of a home. Mm-hmm. Now, I say a fortress, but I cannot say it enough. There's a lot of people that talked about how impenetrable it was. Uh-huh. He's in his basement kitchen, basic big kitchen in the basement of his house. Yeah. Cooking. Gas. Sausage and peppers. Hey! Now, does that raise your eyebrow? Okay, why? Well, maybe he's a rebel. Well, maybe he was, <laughs> real, you know, like sometimes you eat things that you shouldn't. Maybe. And, of course, there's always one side, right? There's always two sides of the coin, as we know that. Chances are, though, you know, eh. But it's a story. Who knows? Uh-huh. Maybe he didn't give a shit, right? Who knows? Big, tough Sam Giancana. Although, anyway. people did say that he, not, not only that he wasn't supposed to eat hmm. rich foods like that, but, but people who knew him said that he didn't. Yeah. Like, well, he was good with, about not eating that. There you have it. But that still doesn't stop the naysaying trolls by saying he might have been smoking dope one night. And he's saying, I'm going to eat it anyway. Whatever, right? Whatever. Yeah. But common sense will tell you, he probably wouldn't. Chances are better he wouldn't. Yeah. So there he is cooking. Then all of a sudden, and it's said, mm-hmm. and I'm still looking into this, that the policemen were called off. Yes, where have we heard that before? Near 11 o'clock at where night. Where have we not heard that? First of all, the guy's cooking, the guy's cooking freaking peppers at 11 o'clock yeah. at night. Anyway, whatever. Right? Well, who knows what those guys do. Anyway. Then, uh-huh. he gets shot. Back of the head. Yeah. With a 22 cal- caliber we- uh, uh, weapon, right? Then he falls. Falls. And That's not the only thing. Six more shots. Oh, yeah. And then six more shots. Dude, they proved it because of the lividity, lividity we'll talk about later, that he was turned over on his back after the headshot. Now, mm-hmm. you, you shoot a guy in the back of the head, yeah, you figure, okay, I got him. Mm-hmm. But what's it called when you turn a guy over? Mm-hmm. And then you pull a joker on him, <laughs> right? What do you do? Bam, 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 Six, four times in the face, make a little circle like this around his mouth. And what do you think that was? Well, we talked about these ritualistic killings. What is what does this one mean? Well, this is what happens uh-huh. when you talk, uh, and that's well, I found that out because that's what I found out from what a lot of the mob people said. This is what we do. This is what we do. We yeah. send a message so people won't do it no more. Yeah. Kind of like, I think it was uh, Roselli. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a message. <laughs> and what did they do to him? Oh, Johnny Roselli. Yeah. Right, did we already talk about him, but remind me. Uh, Johnny Roselli was, well, I don't know. He was, uh, oh yeah, he was asked to go on a on a boat trip on a, on a yacht. Oh, okay, yeah. 
they brought him out, da, da, da. and you know, Johnny Roselli, just like, you know, Giancana, here's the thing, we'll go back to Giancana, Giancana, why was he shot? What happened by that? Well, his burglar alarm was not on, uh-huh. and there was somebody who had a beef with Giancana that didn't live too far away. Okay. Witnesses said they saw him in the area that night. Mm-hmm. Of course, means nothing, but it's just to add to the story. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, why would he have couple things. Why would he have the burglar alarm off when he's, you know, he's Sam Giancana? Why did yeah, he have yeah. his house like that? And why would he be cooking? Well, they said, well, he, they knew the person that killed him because if he wasn't killed, it wouldn't make a difference. But how'd this guy get in? Yeah. How'd he get close enough? Because Sam Giancana was not an idiot. Yeah. No. He's not going to invite somebody in who he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Now, today, back then there was a code, right? Mm-hmm. Today, it wouldn't have made a difference. You don't let anybody in. I don't care if it's my brother, my mother, my mm-hmm. girlfriend, my wife. It Stay away from me. It's yes. too paranoid. Yeah. Then, though, however, uh-huh. there was some kind of loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. You got good friends from the day, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Joey's not going to kill me. Uh-huh. Hey, Joey, you want some sausage and peppers? Hey, thanks, Sam. Yeah, good old Mukumumu, whatever his name is. <sighs> oh, yeah. That's the way he did it. That's the way he did it with him. And then, of course, John was telling about uh-huh. What do you do with him? Well... They brought him out there, and they were talking to him, cooking up some stuff, you know, talking about stuff. Uh-huh. Shot him! And then what they do? Well, they proceeded to chop off his legs. Put the legs and his carcass into an oil drum. Sealed it, put weight on it, and dropped it into the water. Yeah. Yeah. So there he really was sleeping with the fishes. He was at the, the basic bitch where he got it. But here's the thing. They were stupid, right? <laughs> Why? Because they didn't poke holes in a drum. When a body decomposes, there's a lot of gases going on in there. Right? Oh, it burst. Oh, it just raised up. Right to the top. Oh. It brought right up on, us, so on the shore. Some fishermen or something mm. found a nice yep. little surprise there. I mean, did they know it would come up as long as it came up like a long time from yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. Ba 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 Because the thing is, is that was a message too. Kind of like a guy, uh, look up a guy called Action Jackson. That's like the 70s movie. Oh, no, yeah, man, just the same name. Oh. This guy, he was part of the mob, but see, he was killed because they thought he was talking. Now, it was proven that he wasn't. Oh, man, that's a poor drag guy. for him. Poor guy. It's like he, he uh, mm-hmm. stayed by the code and still got knocked off. Oh, yeah. But here's how he died too. Mm-hmm. They put him on a meat hook. <laughs> ah, just like Hitler. Remember, he did that. Hitler did mm-hmm. that to the guy who tried to kill him. And, like, tortured him. Ah. <laughs> Cut him all up, gutted him all of it, right? Well, yeah. And that's what they used that line. Is it, what would they do to uh, somebody who didn't do what they were supposed to do? They put him on a meat hook. So they used that because of him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So. That's the kind of shit they do, right? But Sam Giancana was killed, and that's so if just... So you do a meat hook, like is, it, it's like, is there a place in the spine where Well, you okay, I, saw, I decided to check it out. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, there's got to be crime scene photos. I'm all into uh-huh. that, right? But it wasn't really a meat hook, meat hook, like in Rocky, meat hook, right? Uh-huh. It's not a hook. <laughs> it hangs oh, from a meat okay. hook. Like a, I was picturing like a massive <laughs> yeah. fish, like a, a fishing line hook. No, well, the picture I saw was him up. It looked like he was on a, um, oh. on a, on a some sort of a... Uh, a coat rack or something where they like you know it was like a metal coat rack that came out kind of like this a big old coat rack and he just went yeah like impaled him on it 
and then they just killed him. It was it was like, dude, still wasn't pleasant. Oh no no no! And then the the last guy was who's the last guy? Uh, the last guy was uh, Roselli, and then um, Charles Nicoletti. Nicoletti, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was killed in a car, wasn't he? I do not remember. Anyway, on a one guy was killed in a car. He did the same thing. My point being this. Uh-huh. However, I might have mixed these up. But the, if I ever become a mobster, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna talk at all to anybody. You, you know what? Who, 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 <laughs> wants, who wants to be a mobster nowadays? It doesn't matter. It, it didn't matter then. But I mean, at least there was something then. There's no code. There's no code now. Ask any of those guys. I mean, I'm not part of that at all. Yeah. It never was. But I can. You feel that back in the day. When I remember when I was a kid, people used to talk about the Lebanon mob. <laughs> no, there was supposed to be a mob. I mean, I don't know if there was or not, but people said there was a Lebanon mob. Well, that's interesting, man. I don't know if there really was. I just remember as a kid. People... Remember that? The New Hampshire, Lebanon mob. And they were supposed to, like, hang out down by, like, the CCB. 